Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Hi, welcome back. Welcome to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. This is Eartha, and we're continuing in our series about motivation and learning. I have a question for you. Have you ever had any experience in a customer service department? Well, if you have, I am sure you are going to be interested in this next motivational theory. And if you have not, it doesn't take much to identify with our next theory. For those who have had some experience, either in working in a customer's service department or, you know, it doesn't even have to be in a work environment. It could be in a school. Have you been in school and you have to go and talk to someone um, in the counseling department or you have to get your schedules kind of straightened out because maybe, you know, you have to make some adjustments. And maybe there was a feeling of dissatisfaction with the service that you received. Students really are very sensitive to this. And so I welcome you to think about this experience. You're a student. First time at a big university. And you notice that you signed up for English 101. But on your schedule, for some reason, it says English 201. You're a little bit nervous. And you have had some mindfulness training. And you know you're getting a little anxious. So you take a breath. And you walk down to the registrar's office. You open the door. And the person behind the desk says, what can I help you with? And it wasn't what they said, but maybe it was their tone. Or maybe it was because they weren't looking at you when they asked you, what can they help you with? But you ignore it. And you explain your situation. The person tells you, well, you'll just have to wait until the first week is over with, then come back and then we'll make some adjustments. Right now, we're not making adjustments in schedules. Remember, this is your first semester. You don't know what to do, so you go back to class. You find the class, you sit there, and 
you feel like you're out of place. Is that the experience you want to remember for your first day at this university? You begin to have some doubts. You start to question things. Well, we're going to look at this scenario and we're going to pull it apart and see how we can make a difference from a mindfulness point of view. Welcome to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. This is Eartha. And again, we're going to continue our review of motivation and learning theories. And for this theory, we are looking at motivation hygiene theory. But before I go any farther, I would like to thank Web Talk Radio for allowing me to have a platform to bring Transition Awareness Breathing podcast to you. And thank you, Mary Lou and Sam, for making Transition Awareness Breathing podcast available to my listeners wherever they go. Okay, let's pull this theory apart and put a mindfulness flashlight to it. So, you know, this occurs so many times. We, this theory is focused a lot, the verbiage and everything, uh, as I'm reading the research, is a lot of focus in the workplace. I'm taking a challenge and looking at these theories from a mindfulness and a learning perspective. But first, what I would like to do is kind of summarize, just like I have been doing, what the theory is all about. Okay, so this psychologist, his name was Frederick Hertzberg, and he asked a question. What do people want from their jobs? Do they want higher salaries or do they want good relationships? Do they want security? Just what do they want? Do they want opportunities for growth and or um, you know enrichment and 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 uh, achievement? He was asking all these questions because he wanted to find out what motivated the best performance. He asked these questions around in the 1950s and 1960s to try to find out exactly what employees were satisfied with regarding their their workspace. He was determined to find out what was the motivator. And what he found out, the bottom line was, People who felt good about their jobs gave different responses about their level of satisfaction compared to people who did not feel good about their jobs or they felt bad about their jobs. 
Hertzberg's motivation and hygiene theory came into existence and was published. Um, the famous article was called One More Time. How do you motivate employees? The conclusions that he came up with was very influential and even today provides some concrete practices for motivation. It was really interesting how he summarized that you know, just because someone is dissatisfied, it doesn't mean that the opposite of their dissatisfaction is satisfaction. And just because someone is satisfied, it does not mean that the opposite of satisfaction is dissatisfaction. For instance, going back to our example of the customer service department. Now that's a department where many times people who work in those departments come across a lot of customers who are not satisfied. Now the customers, they are sometimes in an emotional state and the employees who work there have to deal with a lot of raw frustration. And just because the customer service representative maybe they did, a, did a fantastic job of meeting that customer's needs, that customer may still say, I will never come back in this store. I'm going to put this on Facebook. You see, even though their dissatisfaction was addressed, it doesn't mean they're satisfied. On the same hand, if someone is satisfied, it the opposite really doesn't mean dissatisfaction. You know, some people, you know, you're in a checkout line at your grocery store and uh, the person maybe has been waiting for a long time in the line because, well, look at the situation now. We have shortages and... Um, a lot of workers are off and they're sick. And, you know, sometimes we're just really satisfied that what we went to the store for is there. It's not that we're dissatisfied or maybe we're actually we're just we're grateful that um, when we went to the store, we got what we wanted. And so but it doesn't mean that we're dissatisfied. Yeah. I, and that's the way I'm kind of trying to uh, paraphrase it and uh, help clarify the understanding. But let's continue. When employees are dissatisfied, Hirschberg categorizes this as hygiene factors. Certain things are not being addressed pro properly. And he feels that if these hygiene factors are eliminated, it will cause employees to be satisfied. These factors are like fixing broken policies or you know getting rid of um, ineffect 
ineffective supervision, um, creating a culture of respect and dignity for for everyone in the company to to make sure wages are competitive and uh, the place where the place of work is secure and safe and providing mean of meaningful uh, work in all positions. So imagine that student who went to the registrar's office and, you know, they were told that they cannot make any changes within the first week and they go back to class. Uh, you know, if we look at that from Hirschberg's standpoint, some of those factors from where the employee was coming from, if we got rid of some of the maybe impersonal uh, uh, behavior, um, maybe the student just didn't know. It's the first time the student's been there. So maybe a little bit of education could have helped. But let's go on. The other side, as far as job satisfaction, is considered, in uh, Hirschberg's point of view, as motivating factors or job enrichment. He feels that when these factors are addressed, then workers feel motivated. And that's like providing opportunities to for achievement and the people in the organization really recognizes their contributions and the work is rewarding and everybody's contribution matters. Everyone has a sense of responsibility and opportunities to advance in the companies. Also, there is an opportunity for training and development. And now that's a uh, a summary, but let's look at this from a mindfulness perspective. And I just want to emphasize, this is my, all my opinions. So, um, and I welcome any dissatisfaction <laughs> feedback, but I, I would like to suggest that when we look at the dissatisfaction or hygiene factors, I propose that many of those factors would decrease or melt if from a perspective of the organization people are treated with kindness and compassion that there be some empathy looking at um, the perspectives from another person's point of view and it's busy and it takes a lot of effort but also to look at when we have interactions with people to provide some gratitude, to thank the student for being brave. It's your first year, you came in, you had a question, and explain, to provide information, to not to look at at mistakes or not following the policy as a mistake, but look at it as an opportunity for growth and education. So here, you know, I am recommending 
that want that when we look at these hygiene factors to look at these from a even a growth mindset that maybe we try to look at ourselves from a perspective that we're all learning and that we're trying to achieve a smoother process in our organization. And so thank you for coming in as we're talking to that student and recognizing that we make mistakes. And gee, I'm sorry we made that mistake. That was a opportunity for educating and also an opportunity to show compassion. Well, I can just only imagine that some may say, well, they don't pay me enough to do educating. And here, I suggest the openness to educate everyone in an organization that they are an educator. From the person who is at the front to the person who is sweeping the floors, everyone in the organization is an educator because from their perspective, they can give input on how to make things run smoother. And so it is a responsibility for those who are in administrative uh, positions to take time out and speak to everyone and to make it known that your contribution makes a difference in the success of our organization. And from a mindfulness perspective, if we look at ourselves and say, my perspective matters and my calmness in a situation helps, brings calmness around my environment. And so as as that student walked into the office, they took a breath and calmed themselves down. So the very act of that student taking a breath and being brave and being positive contributed a positive enlightenment in that relationship they had with the customer or the counselor in that office. Now, they may not have been satisfied. However, they did contribute to a peaceful exchange and maybe that student projected a calmness that the counselor could learn from. I invite the thought, just just this little thought, that lifelong learning contributes to, to neuroplastic growth. That if we are in a mindset that every interaction that we participate in, that we're learning from it, that if we're challenged because this is something new or maybe, you know, maybe we made a mistake, 
that if we look at this from a perspective that we're learning from something, that we're taking a step that we're that will result in making our neural pathways stronger and resilient and healthy. And then that way, any negative responses that might try to creep in is decreased. The hygiene factors decreases if they are eliminated. And I think from a mindfulness perspective, those hygiene factors can not only be eliminated, but I think they can be reworked into a way that can be very constructive. In in closing, if the focus of the motivation factors and the the focus of the hygiene factors, if we look at the focus at the center of all these elements, it should be the goal. If the focus is, well, I'm doing this to make my job easier, or I'm doing this because this is quicker, I think that that perspective feeds into dissatisfaction factors. If the focus is this is going to help the organization grow and I am contributing to it. And what I'm doing is showing my talents. And so everyone benefits from it. And I, th- I think that is part of the, the uh, motivation factor. Is this easy? Well, I think it's an opportunity for learning and growth. Thank you for joining me in looking at Hirschberg's motivation and hygiene factors. I look forward to talking to you again next time. Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness, awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com. 